0: got done with our team in the locker room we really thanked them for everything they've done for us not only this year but a group of seniors that are obviously going out the door and really appreciate all they've given us and what they've done for our program
1: this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air here's your host grant bills
0: I don't. Uh, I don't dream about having children one day. It's not something that I think about a lot. It crosses my mind here and there, but I like. I don't have specific plans. Like, oh, I want to have three kids and I want to name them Leroy, Elmer, and Mary Lou. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't think about that. But over the course of the last year, I've thought about it more because I'm constantly thinking, like, well, what? I, I got to have kids because I got. I got to tell them about this year we've just experienced. Like, if I don't have kids. I can't, I can't hold this pandemic over their head. Like if my kid's ever complaining about something, I can always be like, well, you, you would never understand back in my day, we had to spend an entire year inside. We didn't even get baseball until I, I don't know when I would develop a Southern accent, but you get my point. Like I've thought maybe I need to have kids so I can hold this whole pandemic over their head. And I think if I do have children one day, one of the weirdest things that I'll have to explain to them is that we went a full year without March Madness. Like I don't know what the world will be like in 10 years, 15 years. If I ever have kids, I'll be like, yeah, we didn't have that. One day I'm going to be filling out a bracket with my son or watching Loyola play and Sister Jean no doubt will be alive. She'll be 130. I know she's going to live forever, and I'll be watching with my daughter, and I'll be like, yeah, we went a year without this one time. No way, Dad. Yeah, way. I can't believe we didn't have March Madness last year. I don't know what we did without this, and I don't even like college basketball. Never again. Never again. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm not even going to tell you that I hope you enjoyed your weekend. You had a good... You did. March Madness was back and it was awesome. I truly don't know what we did without this last year. Because I think over the course of the last couple months, it's like, okay, college basketball's back. We got to watch the Badgers shoot 30% from the field and... We got to watch Virginia play slow Bennett ball. And, okay, Gonzaga's the best team, whatever. Like, okay, fine, college basketball. But then we got to the tournament this weekend, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I kind of forgot how nuts this gets. Oh, yeah, you have something called an Oral Roberts taking down Ohio State. And you have teams like Colgate putting a scare into Arkansas. And Loyola Chicago beat Illinois. It's like, what did we do without this for a year? Sports are pretty predictable these days. Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl. Right? LeBron and the Lakers could very well win another NBA title. He'll probably at least get there. I wouldn't want to bet against LeBron after all these years. Sports are kind of predictable. March Madness is the one thing, the one sport. Oh, and the Dodgers, they're going to be good too, no surprise. March Madness is that one true total wild card. And with everything going on in the last year, I really forgot how wild this gets and how fun March Madness really is. And I know, I'm sure you appreciate it. If I appreciate it, I know you do, because college basketball really isn't even my thing. And we're going to talk mostly about March Madness today, a lot about the Badgers, about the tournament as a whole. And if you would like to chime in and share your thoughts, hey, I'd be happy to have you. Send, send me a text, 608-796-2558. You can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. And if you just want to kick back and uh, enjoy and hang out, that's fine, too. Never feel the need to text or tweet in. You can just kick back, relax, and listen along. We're going to talk to Ebo from our sister state, or not our sister station, but our affiliate in Madison. That's The Zone. We're going to talk Badgers with him. And I have a couple questions about the Big Ten because the Big Ten's having a really, really rough weekend. So we'll BS about that. Maybe give a, a tribute to some of these Badgers seniors who have now probably played their last game for Wisconsin, like Brad Davison, Nate Reavers, as the Badgers lost to Baylor yesterday. So a lot to discuss with Ebo. I want to reminisce a little bit and look back at the Badgers' final four teams from a couple of years ago. And we're going to hear from Demetra Trice and Greg Gard throughout the show as well, who did both a pretty good job speaking to the media yesterday. I I love and respect Demetrius Trice because he's so calm and cool and collected, and he's so well-spoken, and I enjoy hearing his perspective on things. Uh, as someone who works in radio, I like listening to someone who can who can eloquently share their thoughts and express what's going on, and And I enjoyed listening to Demetrius Trice. So we'll hear from him coming up in a little bit. Obviously, a lot about the Badgers today, but I want to start big picture before we get into Wisconsin. I... I can't believe that the 15-seeded Oral Roberts is in the Sweet 16, and Oregon State advanced the 12th seed, Syracuse number 11, Abilene Christian, which I'm pretty sure is in Texas. I'm 90% sure they were the 14th seed. A lot of these low seeds are advancing, and there's always mar- madness in, in college basketball. Don't get me wrong, but this year, just a little bit more than normal, and today I was trying to think. I, I wonder why that is, right? What, what could be causing this? I think maybe the pandemic made it difficult for us to judge these teams and properly seed them. Like Loyola. Loyola Chicago is, what, an 8 seed or a 9 seed? I don't remember off the top of my head. Either way, they're too low. And you look at some of these metrics, like like the Ken Palm rankings. They're one of the top 10 teams in the country. Number one in defensive efficiency. Loyola Chicago is a really, really good team, but yet they were seeded a little bit low. I mean, as low as the Badgers. That's quite low. And then they end up knocking off Illinois on the third day of the tournament. I think maybe the the out-of-conference matchups or the lack of out-of-conference matchups, a lot of these games being canceled and a lot of extra precautions, it became really hard to judge these teams. And then it became really hard to rank these teams. So maybe Oral Roberts wasn't a 15 seed. Maybe Oral Roberts was a top 10 seed all along. Who, who knows? Right? Maybe Oregon State was a little bit better. Maybe the Pac-12 as a whole was a little bit better. And maybe the Big Ten wasn't quite as good. Maybe. Maybe. That's one theory. I also happen to think that rankings in the tournament are a little bit overrated. Syracuse is an 11 seed. Has it ever occurred to you, like, oh, I can't wait to bet against Jim Beheim and Syracuse? No, because they do this every year, even if it's just one upset, even if it's just one great game where they put a scare into somebody. Like, they're all—it's Syracuse, and they're the 11th seed. I sometimes think the seeding is a little bit overrated, and it's funny— to listen to the Westwood One broadcast, which we've had on here in, in lacrosse on WKTY, or maybe you've been listening or, or watching on, on television. Obviously, you've got the March Madness app on your phone so you can watch it work. It's interesting to hear these commentators give their two cents, especially about the seating. Like, oh, how's Loyola nine seed? Or that's way too low. Or well, why was Syracuse all the way to 11? I, all these teams are really good, right? They're, they're one of the best 64 teams in the country. There's a lot of college programs from Division I to Division Three in mid-majors and in Power Five conferences. There's a lot of teams, and these teams have made it this far for a reason. So I think when Loyola Chicago gets ranked 8, 9, 10, or Syracuse gets ranked at 11, oh, the ranking was so wrong. Well, Maybe, maybe not. All of these teams are pretty good. So I I think sometimes we overblow the seeding a little bit and we forget, oh yeah, all these teams are pretty good and they all hang tough with each other. It's about matchups. It's about luck. It's called March Madness for a reason. It's a really rough weekend for the Big Ten, and that makes me sad (laughs) because Illinois is out, Ohio State is out, Purdue, Rutgers. Rutgers blew a nine-point lead in the last couple of minutes, so maybe it's just, it's not just Wisconsin that can't execute in the final minutes. There are other teams having issues. Iowa lost earlier today to Oregon. Oregon just confidently, easily beat Iowa. We have Michigan going against LSU tonight, and Maryland against Bama. Bama's the two seeds, so I don't know if Maryland will be in there much longer. So I guess now we hitch our, hitch our wagon to Michigan, who is without their best player because he's injured. So it's, ve- it's very bleak for the Big Ten. And Wisconsin losing yesterday, of course, played a part in that. Let's talk about these Wisconsin games. Now they beat UNC on Friday, and I wish we could have done a separate show just to talk about that win. Because it was a fun game. They beat UNC on Friday night, which I think surprised a lot of people, myself included. They won 85-62. Very commanding win. And then they fell 76-63 to Baylor yesterday. Let's start with the UNC game. To me, that game was all about guard play. And, And good for Brad Davison. I'll say it. Good for Brad Davison. He had 29 10 of 15 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3. I tweeted at Wisco Grant that he was seemingly channeling Bronson Koenig. He was hitting some shots that he had no business hitting. And that's okay. (laughs) That's fine. It was one awesome, wonderful game where I was like, yeah, I do really like Brad Davison. I know he's not the most popular person, but damn it, he plays for my team. And that's a guy I'm going to cheer for. In the last couple of years, the Badgers have had half-decent teams, but I think at times they've lacked that killer. That's somebody who can step up and create a play, even when things are broken down, or hit a bucket that's really not that good of a shot. The Damian Lillard shot or the Browns and type shot. It's like, I'm just going to get you a bucket. I'm going to hit a shot. Last couple of years, the Badgers have had depth. They've had a lot of good players, but at times they've lacked that one player that can just go get it done. And at least on Friday, that was Brad Davison. He was that killer. And good for him. Because in doing so on Friday, even if it was just one game, Brad Davison kind of stuck it to the haters. Didn't he? Like, he just kind of just said, up yours. Screw you. I know nobody likes me, and I know I don't get the calls, and the commentators are always making jokes and ripping me, but you know what? Screw all you guys. I'm going to take down UNC. I'm going to take down a blue blood, and I'm going to hand Roy Williams and UNC their first loss in the first round. Screw you guys. And you know what? Good for Brad Davison and Demetrius Trice. His uh, running mate in the backcourt wasn't bad, too. He had 21 on 8 of 15 shooting, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists, too. Dimitri Trice will sometimes go cold as a scorer, and that was the case yesterday. We'll get to that game in a moment. One thing that I do really respect about Dimitri Trice, other than the fact that he's been in this program for a long time, he's had a lot of good games, hit some big shots. Dimitri Trice has a little bit of a Chris Paul in him. Obviously, Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards to ever play in the NBA, so I'm not comparing Dimitri Trice to to that. But there's there's a part of Chris Paul's game where he he has a good sense for what is needed. Right, what's, what, 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 what does my team need? Do I need to be a facilitator? Do I need to be intentional about getting the ball to a specific player? Or do I, do I need to score? And Chris Paul's really good at taking the temperature of a game and, and figuring out what's needed. And Demetri Trice does that at times. Obviously not nearly the level of Chris Paul. But when other people are hitting shots, you look at a boxer, it's like, oh, Demetrius Trice only shot three times? Oh, okay, well, he was assisting. He was facilitating because he realized that's what was needed. And there was a little bit of that in that UNC game on Friday. He realized Brad Davison was cooking, needed to get him the ball. He had a couple of assists. Now, going ahead to yesterday's game, the Baylor game, a little bit of a different story. Friday night was all about the guard play. If we're going to talk about the positives from yesterday... They lost to a one-seeded Baylor team that's really good. If, if there was a positive to take away, it was the play by the forwards. It was a really good game for Wisconsin's bigs. And I was impressed by a unit that hasn't really impressed me this year. Reavers had 11 points, which isn't otherworldly, but he looked efficient. He looked comfortable and confident. He didn't seem rattled, which is something we talked about last week. Like, at times, Reavers kind of gets in his own head when he gets off his mark. He didn't look rattled against Baylor. He looked like he had a place on the floor. Micah Potter had 10-10. and 10. He had a double-double. And three assists. Not as easy as you'd think. For example, Kofi Coburn at Illinois, he had five assists all year. And was he was triple teamed uh, in that game yesterday, he had no clue what to do. So three assists. Potter had the rebounds. He had the points. and, And he was facilitating a little bit and had a couple of blocks. Big respect for Potter. Big respect for Reavers after yesterday. And you know what? Tyler Wallen, very limited opportunities. flashed some decent moves. And Aleem Ford played okay, too. They didn't appear to be bullied and pushed around. And I respect them for that. The guards, on the other hand, yesterday, sheesh, Davison and Trice combined to shoot eight of 28 from the floor. That's 28%. The forwards showed up, the guards didn't. A complete flip-flop from Friday, and it wasn't really that hard to see coming. You saw Davison shoot the lights out and score 29 on Friday. You you knew that probably wasn't going to happen again, and it didn't. And the contrast between Friday night's game and Sunday's game, it's a perfect example of the frustrating team that was the 2020 Badgers. I've said this before, and I really like this expression. The 2020 Badgers were like trying to keep two dogs in a bathtub at once. Like, it can't be done. As soon as you get a good handle on one, the other dog jumps out and tracks soapy water all down the hallway. Like, you you don't have enough arms. You, you can't, it would be like in, you're in a fishing boat, and it has like six leaks. You can plug a leak or two, but as soon as you, you pay attention to one, another one's going to—water's going to start pouring in somewhere else. One game, the Badgers shoot really well, but they can't defend, and they can't rebound, and they can't hit free throws. And then the next game, all of a sudden, they can rebound, and they can defend, but their shooting goes completely in the tank. And in the small sample size of just Friday to Sunday, you saw that play out. Ob- obvious, clear as day. Friday was about the guards— Not the forwards. Yesterday was all about the forwards. The guards, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Appropriate for our our leaking boat analogy. There were some stretches yesterday. They just couldn't shoot the ball. They couldn't score. And our friend Colton Bartholomew, who covers Badger football for the State Journal, he dipped his toe into the basketball reporting pool. We're staying on the analogy of water. He tweeted this yesterday, and I I thought it was a, a good example. In the first half, the Badgers went from 17-11 to 13-59. No points. 13.02 to 9.44, no points. 8.27 to 5.19, no points. And then 5.19 to 3.06. In the second half, they went from 20, so the jump, to 17.49, and then they went five minutes near the end of the game, from 7.25 to 2.27. The Badgers might get a bucket, but then they're going to turn around and go cold for five minutes. It's just really, really hard to win like that. And just looking at Friday, just looking at Sunday... That perfectly outlines this Badgers season. One game, they'll shoot the ball great. They can't rebound, they can't defend, but they'll shoot the ball great. And then a couple of days later, they'll shoot the lights out and everything else will go in the tank. Or they can't defend, but now they can hit free throws. Okay, well now they're hitting free throws, but they can't rebound. It's just, it never all lined up for this team. They'd have great moments and they'd do good things here and there, but it just wasn't consistent. They couldn't put it together and certainly not against good teams, not good enough to get wins against good teams. Really, really frustrating, and it's obvious, right? Friday was about the guards, and then on Sunday, the guards went in the tank, but the forwards decided to play. Of course, against a good team like Baylor, number one seed, they look the part of a number one seed, too. I know it was a frustrating loss, but it's a really, really, really good team. And they they showed it. They flexed their muscles a little bit yesterday. Let's take a break. I want to continue to talk about the Badgers. Hear a little bit from Demetrius Trice, what he has to say, and not about his future. I don't want to talk about that. I actually want to talk about these games. We have games going on right now. I want to talk about the games so we'll continue this conversation talk more March Madness coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show Wisco Sports Show rolling on my name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant hope you had an excellent weekend I loved having March Madness back and I'm not even a college basketball fan. I I just, we needed this. I don't know how we went a year without this. Watching some random bunch of kids from Ohio take down a blue blood team. That doesn't happen in any sport anymore. It's the Dodgers, the Lakers, wherever Tom Brady goes. March Madness is kind of the one madness we have left in sports. And we'll see how, you know, baseball plays out this year, but it's probably the Dodgers and who knows? I guess we could get a sneaky fun team in the NBA, but it's probably the Nets or the Lakers. Probably. But in March Madness, we still have a little bit of unpredictability, which I think we really missed over the last year. The number to join if you'd like to text the show, 608-796-2558. You can tweet at me at Wisco Grant as well. We were talking a little bit to start the show about how I think seeding is just a little bit overrated. We do this every year in March Madness where we're like, how is this team a nine seed or an eight seed? It's like, well, Who cares? All these teams are pretty good. We've seen now forever that anybody can beat anybody. There's never been a perfect bracket for a reason. I I think maybe we put too much stock into seeds. Now, Zach tweets in, and I think he has a point. Zach says Loyola was 17th in the last AP poll. That's not an eight seed. I think the committee put them in at eight to get the Illinois matchup in the second round. I'm pretty sure some of that factors in. Zach, maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. And you make a really good point. If I was in charge of things, I would never worry about matchups in the first weekend. There's so many teams. There's so much going on. I don't know if matchups are super important in the first weekend. We're just watching to watch. I would almost argue, too, that I would try to avoid that matchup in the first weekend. Because once you get to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, there are fewer games on. There's less fanfare. There's less excitement. So the matchups become more important next weekend and the week after. So if I was in charge of things, I would try to preserve a matchup like Loyola, Illinois, because I don't want to waste it on the first weekend. Everybody's watching this weekend anyways. It's been two years since March Madness was on. So I I agree. You you want to look for those good matchups. I just don't know why the committee would want to burn that good matchup in the first weekend. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And yeah, Loyola was 17th in the last AP poll but they don't play in a Power 5 conference. It's really tough to judge teams this year because there's not a lot of crossover. I, I don't I don't, I don't know. All these teams are good. That, that's my point. I think we get really bent out of shape about the seeding, and we kind of forget that it's March Madness. Whatever number is next to a team, unless it's a 16 and a 1, you know, Sands Virginia two years ago, anybody can kind of beat anybody. So I, I don't get bent out of shape about one team getting screwed with a tough draw or a bad seed. I, it's just the way this tournament goes every year. Obviously, we're talking about the Badgers too. I got to laugh because the guards lit it up on Friday and then they shot 28%, Davison and Trice did yesterday. It's about the guards on Friday, the forwards yesterday, and of course, that's the Badgers in a nutshell. They have good things that they do, but it never all goes into one game. right? They always have to, the, the, the bottom has to drop out in some way. It's like trying to keep two dogs in a bathtub. As soon as you get one in order, the other one jumps out. And I thought we could hear a little bit from Demetri Trice. Number one, because Zach Heilprin, the voice of the Wisconsin Zone Network, who's such a consummate professional, uh, he sent me a little audio of Demetri Trice. But I also just really like listening to the guy speak. Uh, He is really well-spoken. He's really good at what he does. And now as I say this, you can tell, Grant, why are you stalling? Well, because this is glitching for a sec. So I want to hear from Demetri Trice. First of all, he was asked about this game, the Baylor game. I want to talk about the games. I don't... They can figure out their futures and what they want to do. I don't really need to get into that. But something that Dimitri Trice spoke to This game was there to be had. Baylor's really good, and the final score was a little spaced out. But the Badgers had opportunities yesterday, and Trice spoke to that after the game. We got
2: quite a few good looks um, that we normally knock down, but they did a great job of of pressuring us, getting us out of our comfort zone at times. And um, it just came down to making some plays, and they hit a couple shots that that got them the lead back up to maybe double digits or whatnot. But at the end of the day, we we just got to be able to make some plays happen and knock down some shots, and that's really what it came down to.
0: The forwards did enough yesterday. I thought Reavers played okay, and Reavers has been, what's the term, much maligned this season. He's been kind of a punching bag, and he's had a lot of bad games. I thought he was okay yesterday, and Potter was strong. He had a good performance. He had a double-double. Aleem Ford in moments, too. I was like, all right, good for Aleem Ford. The forwards were okay yesterday, and there was a foundation for success. It's not like the Badgers got ran off the floor. The problem was they had 14 turnovers, just way, way, way too many against a team like Baylor, and not going to rip the Badgers for being careless and lazy because Baylor's really, really good and they force a lot of turnovers. But if the Badgers wanted to win this game yesterday, they almost had to go out of their way to avoid turnovers, even though Baylor will create that, that type of game. With the guards not shooting well, you didn't have much wiggle room and 14 turnovers do you in, even if I thought the forwards played okay yesterday. Trice isn't wrong. They had opportunities. They had chances, even if this turned out to be a, what, a 13-point game? And free throws and garbage time at the end, it always makes it look You know, it distorts the final score just about always in the case of especially college basketball. They had opportunities, but they dribbled a lot of opportunities off their foot. Demetri Trice had a play yesterday where he put it off his thigh and then he kicked it out of bounds. And it's kind of the story of a lot of possessions, a lot of wasted possessions. Uh, Demetri Trice was also asked why the Badgers couldn't beat elite teams the, that's a topic we could talk about for a while honestly
2: it's hard to tell um at times it was turnovers at times it was not making shots so it just varies depending on who you were playing tonight it was a little bit of both credits to Baylor obviously they're a really great team and every time that we we made a mistake they they capitalized on it so it, it, it's hard it's a tough way to go out as a senior but the journey's not over still
0: he mentions consistency I they're not consistent they'll do Great things one game, and then they'll go the other direction the next. And they really didn't have many elite wins this year. Now, they beat Loyola Chicago. That shaped out to be a really good win, but at the time, the Badgers had played six games. Like, that was so early on, it's tough to do anything with that win. Once we really got into the meat of the season, let's say after the first of the year, lost to Michigan, lost to Ohio State, lost to Illinois, lost to Michigan, lost to Iowa, lost to Illinois, lost to Purdue, lost to Iowa, lost to Iowa. Like, that's just all the good teams they played, they lost to. So, Dimitri Trice is going to have to speak to that. Explain why you couldn't beat any elite teams because it's clear as day. You don't even need to watch this team. If you just looked at the schedule at the end of the year, you think, oh, okay. They couldn't beat anyone good. It doesn't take hours of research to draw that conclusion. We're inconsistent. I want to hear that one more time.
2: Honestly, it's hard to tell. Um, at times it was turnovers. At times it was not making shots. So it just yeah. varies depending yeah, on yeah, who yeah, you're yeah, yeah. playing.
0: That's, that's what I'm talking about. It varies. Sometimes it's turnovers. Sometimes we can't hit shots. It's something different every game. It was something different every game. It's like they're in a fishing boat and leaks keep popping up everywhere. And as soon as they fix one leak, another one poof, starts on the other side of the boat. They it it could never get their arm around this thing. They'd have good moments, but it, it never lasted lastly Demetri Trice was asked about the future what comes next for this Badger team as a bunch of seniors like Demetri Trice are on their way out
2: obviously the guys that are here now Johnny T Wall Steven a couple of other freshmen obviously got a little taste of it so those guys are going to be the leaders of the team next year and the guys that got a lot of the minutes that that played this year are going to have to step up in, in a major way next year with us losing a lot of seniors
0: what do you think about a Jonathan Davis led team now I'm really excited about that I think I think that's obvious. I'm a big Jonathan Davis fan. And I I can't get it out of my mind. There was a game last February at the, or not at the Lacrosse Center, but at Mitchell Hall at UWL, where Minnehaha Academy, led by Jalen Suggs, came down here and Johnny Davis went toe-to-toe with that man. Actually outscored that man. Now Jalen Suggs is on a better team he was distributing. Don't get me wrong. the, The scoring totals don't tell the whole story. Jonathan Davis is elite. And I think at one point, if he stays at Wisconsin and he doesn't try to jump, you know, somewhere else or, you know, do what Sam Decker did, have one great tournament and then jump to the NBA. I think he could be the best player in the Big Ten. Demetrius Trice was talking about that, I think. TC texts in and says, what's the over-under on Badgers seniors coming back with a COVID waiver? I would say a half, right? I don't see it being any more than, than one. I th- I think the bet would either be zero or one. One of those guys comes back because I, I don't think more than one would. Maybe Davison, maybe Reavers, maybe one of those guys says, you know, let's do this one more time. I think it would be a half. If I set the over-under, I would set it at 0.5, coming back from a COVID waiver. I I don't don't think the odds are great that any more than one of those players return. Let's take a break. I actually want to reminisce. I want to talk about the two Final Four Badgers teams. Because over the last couple of days, I think I've gotten some new perspective on March Madness and on the tournament, and I've gained a new appreciation for those two teams that went to the Final Four. And I'll explain why, and I kind of want to Retroactively give those teams a little bit more credit. Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky, Josh Gosser, you know that crew. Let's talk about them. Coming up next, more of the Wisco Sports Show in five minutes. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Can I get something off my chest before we keep going? I want to I look back at the 2014, 2015. I want to look back at the Final Four teams and retroactively give them a little bit more credit than I think we did at the time. But before, before I do that, can I just get something off my chest? Badgers fans, can we take a vow to be a little bit better? Last week on Friday, I said, hey, 10% of Badgers fans, you're making the, the rest of us look bad. Stop it. This is the stuff I'm talking about. I'm just cruising Twitter over the commercial break. You can find me on Twitter, at WiscoGrant. I'm just seeing if any news, anything I got to know before I go back in a a few minutes here, before the break is over. What is the obsession that Wisconsin fans have with, like, stalking and tracking players that could have come to Wisconsin and then didn't? Like, now it's the Bohannons, And I understand Jordan Bohannon. Yeah, okay, maybe he was acting like a tool for the last couple weeks. Okay, fine. He's a kid. Kids act like tools. That's what they do sometimes. That's part of growing up. Why do we stalk the Hauser brothers and say, well, their teams have been eliminated? <laughs> they're 23 years old. Who cares? Let let well enough be. And now we gotta look at the the Bohannans that all went to Iowa and look at their career record and say, well, they we're good enough to come to Wisconsin anyways. Shut up. Just can we leave it alone? None of these none of these people played for the Badgers. Let's talk about Brad Davison. Let's talk about Demetrius Trice and Nate Reavers. Let's talk about the players that actually play for Wisconsin because some of you have a sick obsession with people that ended up not coming to Wisconsin, and I don't get it. It's such a bitter way to spend your time. Stop. Let's be better. Let's be a little bit better. Did I even say this is the Wisco Sports Show? Yeah, I did. My name is Grant Bills. I appreciate you hanging out today, and the mood of the show today is actually very uplifting. I know the Badgers have been eliminated, and it's a miserable weekend for the Big Ten, uh, but I, I, this has been a fun show so far, and it's going to continue to be a fun show. We're going to talk with Ebo in exactly one hour uh, about Big Ten, about the Badgers, um, and another college basketball season come and gone. That's always fun, right? Those interviews never get combative. Now, I don't have to be on my toes with Ebo like I do with Zach. Um, so we'll, we'll speak with Ebo. We'll have some fun coming up in an hour. If you'd like to join the show, send me a text, as TC has done. You can do so, 608-796-2558, or you can tweet at me at Wisco Grant, like Zach did, a really good point about Loyola uh, and how they were seeded, talking earlier on in the show about seeding and what it means for some of these teams. I, I actually want to retroactively look back at some old Badgers teams, some classic Badgers teams, because yesterday when I settled in to watch Illinois play Loyola-Chicago, I, I like Illinois. Illinois is going to be my team. I was, I was going to pull for them. And I expected the Badgers to lose at some point, probably in the opening weekend or certainly early next weekend. And I, I wanted to have a backup team, probably a Big Ten team. So I was like, Illinois, I can do that. I'm a little bit too bitter against Iowa because we lost to them three times. I, I don't want to cheer for Iowa. I'll cheer for Illinois. Sue me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, is that taboo? Can I not cheer for Illinois? Well, it doesn't matter because they ended up losing and they kind of got dominated. They were down by nine points at halftime, and they ended up losing by 13. Like, Loyola-Chicago, start to finish, took them down. And as we spoke about earlier in the show, some folks argued that Illinois got a bad draw and that Loyola was way better than an eight seed. Nah, I, I don't buy into that. All of these teams are good. And Loyola played really well, and they won straight up. And that happens. Maybe this matchup happened around too early, but you're telling me if this game was played a week from now, was it supposed to go differently? Like, was Illinois going to raise their level of play as the tournament goes on? Like, no, they should be able to beat Loyola this weekend or next weekend or whenever the matchup happened, right? Like, all of these teams are good and competitive, whether this game was played yesterday or Wednesday or next Friday. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Illinois got bounced. They didn't play as good as their competition. This also happened to Ohio State, happened to Iowa. I I thought today, I I saved a tweet, and it's by one of my— Favorite Twitter accounts, actually. It's Big Ten Geek. And this guy's way too into Big Ten basketball. And he's always sharing clips of random players who nobody's watching on Tuesday night. He's the league pass guy for Big Ten college basketball. And he tweeted this today after Iowa lost. Iowa. This was Fran McCaffrey's best season. It took a decade to get all the pieces together, including a a once-in-a-decade score. And that amounted to a third-place finish and another one-and-done NCAA tournament. Since arriving, McCaffrey is 505 in Big Ten play. I don't care about that last point. I care about this season. Iowa was excellent. Everything came together. The recruits all fit together. They had their star in Luca Garza and they lost on opening weekend. It's March madness. This happens, right? And after this weekend, we just witnessed and the carnage that was kind of turned loose on our, our precious Big Ten teams, our really, really good conference. I thought we could just take a moment to appreciate those two Wisconsin teams that went to the Final Four in 2014 and in 2015. And I understand those teams never won a national title. And I think we harbor a little bit of resentment from that, especially because they lost to Duke. But as time passes and I watch more of these tournaments, I appreciate those teams more and more because both of those teams received really high seeds. They were a two seed in 2013-14, and then they were a one seed the next year. And all of those teams... Beat who they were supposed to beat. Right? Let, let, let me explain. Let's start with the 2013-2014 team. Previously, they had gotten bounced as a 5 seed to Old Miss. That was a pretty frustrating year. I remember that. And then they come back with Decker, Kaminsky, Jackson, Josh Gossler Ben Brust. And they go 25-6 and six in the regular season. They finish number 9 in the country. And they earn a number 2 seed in the tournament. And they proceed to go on this really nice run. They beat American who is the 15 seed, 75-35, not a given. Ohio State just lost to number 15, Oral Roberts. Then in round two, they beat Oregon, number seven, which is interesting because number two, Iowa, just this morning, lost to number seven, Oregon. Exact same circumstances. Then in the Sweet 16, they beat up on Baylor by 15 points. That's the number six team. And then in the Elite Eight, they go toe-to-toe and they beat Arizona in overtime by a point and they executed against a team that featured three NBA players. They had Aaron Gordon, TJ McConnell, and Rondae Hollis Jefferson. The Badgers, round one, took care of business. Round two, took care of business. Round three, took care of business. And then the Elite Eight, they went up against a really good team. The ball bounced their way. They hit free throws, and they won. And then, of course, in the final four, we, we know that they essentially lost on a buzzer beater to Kentucky in heartbreaking fashion. My point being, They handled American when they were supposed to handle American. They handled Oregon when they were supposed to handle Oregon, which is exactly the thing that Iowa couldn't do early this morning. They beat Baylor when they were supposed to beat Baylor, and they put themselves in toss-up games against Arizona, which they won, and they put themselves in a toss-up game against Kentucky, which they lost in very similar fashion to the way Arizona lost to Wisconsin. My point being, that entire run was filled with traps. It would have been easy to lose to Oregon. Iowa did it this morning and that team just cruised. Anyways, chalk, right up until the Elite Eight. That's really hard to do. And then next year, they come back. They return almost the entire same team. And they have an amazing regular season, right? Everyone returns, they win the Big Ten regular season, they win the Big Ten tournament, and you think, okay, things are going too well for this team. They're due for an upset. They're due, they're due to lose to some 15 seed. They're due to lose to Oral Roberts, or they're they're due to lose to to some random team in round two because it's it's March Madness. That's what happens, right? But no, they come back the next year. They whoop Coastal Carolina. Then they beat Oregon in round two. Very similar to what happened earlier today. They could have lost to Oregon in round two. They didn't. Then they beat a blue blood, North Carolina. And that game was not without its challenges. Wisconsin was down at times. And I remember Zach Showalter being the spark plug. That team could have laid down. Very similar to the way Iowa kind of laid down against Oregon today. But they didn't. They fought back, and they were able to win that game. Then they get to the Elite Eight. They play the two-seeded team, Arizona, and they smash him. Sam Decker was hitting everything, and Frank Kaminsky was a man on a mission. He had 29. And then they have a rematch against Kentucky. They put themselves once again in a toss-up game, and then they get over the hump. Do you have any idea how difficult that is to do back-to-back years as a program like Wisconsin, they don't have blue blood talent coming in every year. They, they weren't Louisville or Kentucky or Duke. Like, there are teams that, that make back-to-back Final Fours, but not teams like Wisconsin. No, absolutely not. That team, for two years, handled their business, beat the teams they were supposed to beat, put themselves in advantageous situations against good opponents. It worked out. In 2014, 2015 against Kentucky, it didn't the year before. They lost in a, in a buzzer-beater game, right? I just, I've grown so much more of an appreciation for those two teams because we've seen year after year how hard that is to do, right? That speaks to Bo Ryan and the leadership on that team. Just think of Zach Showalter. They could have laid down and lost to North Carolina. They never would have got back to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. They never would have played in the national title game. But Zach Showalter said no, and their good players stepped up, and they were leaders, and they were resilient. Whereas I was watching Iowa earlier today and the announcers said as much. They kind of laid down. They're like, all right, this is done. Let's go home. March Madness is a minefield, really. And those Badger teams in the mid-2010s navigated that minefield with ease. They didn't trip up to Baylor or Oregon or UNC. They handled the teams they were supposed to handle. And that's what you see in the NBA. That's what you see in the NFL And in Major League Baseball, you you, you don't see that in March Madness. Because in March Madness, well, it's it's madness. It's a minefield. It's really tough for a one or a two seed to just simply beat the teams they're supposed to beat. That's why no one fills out a bracket and always picks the higher seed. Because it doesn't work that way. But yet the Badgers, a couple of years ago, they were able to do that. And I don't know if we appreciated it at the time. Like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to say I expect them to make the NFC Championship game. But it's very reasonable to think last year they got there and played the Niners. And then this year they got there and played the Bucs. It's like, okay, yeah, they were a good team. That doesn't happen in college basketball. There's always some team like Oral Roberts that has to turn over the apple cart. Or with the case of Iowa today, losing to Oregon. That Iowa team is really good. And Oregon just kind of handled them. That happens. That happens every year. It doesn't mean they were seeded poorly. That doesn't mean that Iowa got a tough matchup or they were screwed. It just, that's how the sport works. But yet for those two years, Badgers basketball, they, they, kind of, they kind of went against the grain. And they were the team that beat the teams they were supposed to beat and handled their business, where most teams don't do that. Unless, of course, you're talking about the Blue Buds, which by and large get a transfusion of new talent every year. So it's, it's not like it's the same team, right? You're taking different cracks at it every year, whereas the Badgers for two straight years said, no, we're going to do this. That's really impressive. And looking back on it now, I don't know if I appreciate it at the time. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk a little bit more about college basketball. At some point today, I want to tuck in a tiny little bit of Packers talk. Maybe we'll do that coming up next, or maybe we'll do college basketball. I don't know. I'll read the room on the other side of this break. And if you have anything to add, you can text me, 608-796-2558, or tweet me, at Wisco Grant. Feelers, we'll feel it out. Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Got done with our team in the locker room. We really thanked them for everything they've done for us, not only this year, but group of seniors that are obviously going out the door and really appreciate all they've given us and what they've done for our program
1: this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air here's your host Grant bills
0: where we, we kind of lay the Badgers to rest. Badgers basketball was eliminated yesterday by Baylor. And we do this for every team uh, over the last couple of years of doing this show. I've, I've done this many times. We bury the Brewers after they lose in the postseason, or the Dodgers, the Nationals, and then last year to the, the Dodgers again in the most like forgettable playoff series I've ever remembered. With the Packers, it's been the same thing. Right after the Niners game, we laid them to rest. After the Bucks game last year, like we do this, where we have to once a year kind of do the farewell show to one of our favorite teams after they lose in the postseason. And typically, those shows are like kind of depressing and sad. But today's show hasn't really been that way for whatever reason. I maybe because it wasn't really a surprise that the Badgers lost, maybe because we just felt lucky that they got the one win that they did on Friday night against North Carolina. I don't know, but for whatever reason, I feel very at peace with this Badgers team and with Reavers and Trice and Davison. I don't feel depressed, and I don't feel angry, like I need to yell about how my team really, really screwed the pooch. Like, no, I I feel very at peace. I feel content today, and I hope that you're feeling the same way because starting the week in a miserable mood, that's just no way to start the week. We did that with the Packers a couple months ago, and I thought I was going to fight a coworker when I was done with the show. This is much, much better. Wisco Sports Show... My name is Grant Bills. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and making the show a part of your evening. If you would like to be a part of the show and send me a text, you absolutely can. Text me, 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant is wide open as well, always. Not just during the show, but throughout the day. I'm typically mad on Twitter. I had a day on there. I probably tweeted 10 times today, which is not good. I need to spend less time on there. But I'm on there, so you might as well come join me, at Grant. Follow me there. We're going to talk with Ebo, our good friend from the zone in Madison. We'll talk with him at 535 about the Big Ten, and the (laughs) Big Ten's having a miserable weekend. Just a a god-awful time. Everyone is losing. And we'll talk uh, about that with Ebo. Also, of course, the Badgers and Greg Gard and the future of the program and the state of the state or whatever. We'll just get Ebo's thoughts on all that and whatever else he wants to bring to the table. I saw on Twitter this weekend that Ebo was... What looked like making a really delicious anytime drink. A Bloody Mary. So, we'll have to, I'm sure, ask about what he spent his weekend doing. Probably at his local tavern. Crying into his drink as the Badgers got ran off the floor by Baylor yesterday. And, of course, lots of other games on, too. So, it was easy to distract ourselves from the Badgers. We'll hear from Greg Gard coming up at 520 as well. I want to start big picture. Before we dig into the Badgers Friday night and yesterday losing to Baylor. I want to start big picture. And I... Look, I missed on this. I apologize. I was wrong. I got kind of high and mighty this year, this winter, hating on college basketball about how it stinks. And oh, I got to watch the Badgers shoot 28% from the field, blah, 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 blah. I, I really forgot how awesome March Madness is, especially on the first weekend. Check back with me next weekend for the Sweet 16 or the week after for the Elite 8. Like, <laughs> I, I'll, it'll wear off. But the first weekend of March Madness, there's really nothing like it. Games all day, every day. And truthfully you don't know who's going to win right in the NFL we kind of know and in the NBA we certainly know and in baseball we certainly know because one team spends like 300 million dollars more than the other teams so sorry but that's that's pretty obvious this is the one sports league where there's no Alabama football there's no Tom Brady there's no LeBron James it's kind of a wild wild west and I forgot how much fun that is because sports have become kind of predictable. Now they're predictable in a fun way. I like watching Nick Saban and Bama, and watching LeBron is is special, right? And it's something I don't take for granted. And watching Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback I've ever seen, that is certainly special. I I wish I didn't have to watch Tom Brady as much as I do because he's rather uninspiring. I like these leagues, but they're a little predictable. College basketball is wild, wild west. We had a 15-seed Oral Roberts get into the Sweet 16, Oregon State, number 12, is advanced, as has number 11, Syracuse. Number 14, Abilene Christian. A lot of low seeds have been advancing. And that doesn't really happen in other sports. So I do have to sit back and appreciate that after the last couple of days. I don't know why this is. I don't know why all these upper seeds are advancing. It could just be Oral Roberts got hot and Oregon State got hot. And there's 64 teams in this tournament. Some have to advance. Why not a couple of low seeds? There doesn't have to be a reason for it. But we could spitball. I mean, maybe the pandemic made it tough to evaluate these teams. Like, it's really tough to tell who's good when nobody's traveling out of conference. And we're not really playing a surplus of games. We're playing fewer games. So that's a smaller sample size to evaluate some of these squads. I I don't know. Maybe the pandemic made it tougher to rank these teams. But I also think that rankings are a little bit overrated. I got to be honest. And I know not everybody agrees with me. I got some pushback on Twitter and on the talk and text line, the TTL. I think rankings are a little bit overrated. We lose our mind when number 11 Syracuse beats a good team. Why? Why do? Why are we surprised? Why are we surprised by the madness? It's called March Madness. If the lower seed always won, we wouldn't call it March Madness. We would call it March ba, 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 Mediocrity, March Melancholy, uh, March Routine. I don't know. We, we wouldn't call it March Madness. It's called March Madness for a reason. I don't know why we continue to feign shock when a number 11 seed takes someone down. Oh, and number five goes down. It's like just like last year and the year before and the year before. Happens all the time. Also, why are we shocked that Syracuse is winning? I know they're an 11 seed, but they're coached by Jim Bayheim. And Buddy Bayheim, draft stock, is shooting up the board to the moon. Maybe he'll almost be picked up by a team. Probably not in the draft, but he might might get a shot. Why are we surprised that Syracuse is winning? They're always a good program. And Jim Bayheim always does a really good job. And yet we pretend to be shocked when they win. And I know Loyola Chicago is the one team everybody points to. It's like, how are they this seed? Okay. Does the seed really matter, though? Once you get past the first round, all these teams are good. They're all good. There's 64 teams in the entire country that are invited to this thing, and they can all play. They can. All, they're all good. So I I don't know why we get bent out of shape about how this team ended up in this matchup on this day. It's Look, all these teams got to play each other at some point anyways. That's how it works. And this is made for an especially rough weekend for the Big Ten. That I can't explain. I don't know why. I have some theories as to why maybe all the lower seeds are winning. I don't know why the Big Ten is crashing and burning. Illinois is out. Ohio State, Purdue, Rutgers. Rutgers had almost a double-digit lead with a few to play, and they blew it. They pulled their, their best Wisconsin impersonation. Iowa... Lost earlier today to Oregon. They just—they were handled. They're just handled. Michigan's playing LSU tonight, but Michigan's without their best player. I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan loses at some point either this weekend or early next. And Maryland will probably get bounced by Bama, who's a two seed. The Big Ten is not in a good spot, and it sucks because we spent all year watching the Badgers flop everywhere throughout the Big Ten. We're like, well, it's the best conference, you know. Teams are beating up on each other, and then as soon as they get to the the conference tournament, and they actually get to play somebody else. They all start falling in the first game or in the second game. And I guess Wisconsin held their own, relative to the rest of the Big Ten at least. Like, Wisconsin outperformed expectations. The same can't be said for Illinois, Ohio State, Rutgers, Purdue, Iowa. All those teams flopped. Wisconsin at least held serve. I I think Wisconsin probably advanced one game when a lot of people didn't expect they would. I I thought, you know, Wisconsin might be one and done. And they at least won on Friday night against North Carolina. Friday night, that was all about the guard play. And I'm happy for Brad Davis. And you say what you want about the guy... I'm not going to act like I like I love him and he's my favorite player in the entire world, but he plays for my team and, and I'll support him. And it was cool to see him have a great game. He had 29 on 10 of 15 shooting. That was cool. He had a little bit of a Bronson Caning type performance. And I like that. And for everybody who always rips on, Bro- uh, not Bronson Caning, well, him too, but for everyone who rips on Brad Davison, he kind of stuck it to the haters on Friday. And that was awesome. That made me happy. And Demetri Trice played well. Friday night was all about the backcourt. We'll talk more about that first. Let's go to the talking Text Line 608 608- Seven nine six two five five eight. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who do I got here? Who am I talking with?
3: This uh, so is Scott.
0: Scott, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey,
3: uh, so I drive my co-watchers crazy because I always comment on the officiating in any sport. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, I noticed over the weekend they're doing this thing where if there is a foul, they wait to see if the ball is going to go in the hoop. Yeah. If it's about to go in, then they won't call it. But if it's not going in, then you get a super late whistle. And in that first half of the Badger game, that just kept happening. And there were a couple bad offensive foul calls that the Badgers had go against them. but that'll happen. But this thing that started in the NBA, it's just sort of rampant in college now. And it's like, just call it square. And if it's a foul, it's a foul, not, you know, an and one opportunity sort of thing. Um, so. I just was really frustrated watching that just saying like, okay, well now we're in a foul situation and they get two free throws fine, but it wouldn't have been a foul if it had just gone in. So um, maybe that's just new to college basketball. And I only care during
0: this time of year. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, Scott, I, I think I kind of lost you. I think we lost you. Well, excellent call either way. I, you, you drop off. I, I think you got everything out that you needed to. I think that's an excellent call. And I, I saw somebody point that out yesterday, and I'm combing Twitter right now because I, I think it might have been Doug Gottlieb, who works for Fox Sports, and he's been on the Westwood One call for some of these college basketball games the last couple of days, and I think he does a really good job when he's talking about college basketball. When he tries to talk about anything else, I think he goes out of his way to kind of be a turd, which he's a really good radio host. I like Gottlieb. I like how he does his show. I Sometimes he tries to be, I think, a little bit of a jerk. I think it was Gottlieb who tweeted about it. Where they'll wait to see if the ball goes in, and if it doesn't, okay, then we'll blow the whistle. Maybe, just maybe, I don't want to be a conspiracy theory guy, my team got screwed. Maybe, maybe that happens when you're playing a team like Baylor. Like, Baylor's the number one seed. Baylor is really, really good. And I think you give a team like that a little bit of respect. And in the NBA, we, we do this with NBA, with uh, MVP players. It's like, well, Giannis gets a little bit of a better whistle because he's won MVPs, or Harden, or LeBron. You, you earn this level of respect from the officiating. And in college basketball, I don't know if we do that for individual players. Maybe a little bit. Like, Luka Garza probably goes to the line a little bit more than, I don't know, a Ford. But they play very different games, so that's, that's a bad example. I apologize. But I think in college basketball, too, you might get more of a team respect from the officials. And maybe that's what Scott was hinting at. Baylor's going to get the benefit of the doubt, and if the ball doesn't go in, okay, he was probably fouled. Let's blow the whistle, and I noticed that yesterday, too, and I saw somebody tweeted about it, and I can't find it. I think it was Doug Gottlieb. I think so. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter, but I like finding other people who agree with me because it makes me feel better about my, t- about my takes. 608-796-2558. Coach Wench texts in and says Mitchell absolutely dominated Trice and Davison. Coach Wench, you are exactly right, and Let's move on to the Baylor game. Let's talk about Mitchell and the Baylor game. Because Friday, the UNC game was all about Davison and Trice. They were great. Right? Demetri Trice had 21. Brad Davison had 29. And it was the backcourt game. Those two lit it up. And then yesterday, it was the exact opposite. Right? The guards were... Well, they just kind of... Kind of a turd. (laughs) Davison and Trice combined to go 8 of 28. 28% from the field. That's... That's, well, it's, that's a turd. They were turds yesterday, which is so appropriate for this Badgers team to be really good from the backcourt in one game and then turn around 48 hours later and completely stink it up. Now, difference in opponents, right? Baylor has good guards. UNC is a little bit bigger. So that m- matchup on Friday was a little bit more advantageous for the guards, whereas the Baylor game, maybe for the forwards. And to be positive, because I'm trying not to be a total downer of a show today, the forwards played well yesterday. I was impressed by Nate Reavers, and I haven't really ever been impressed by Nate Reavers this season. He had 11 points, which isn't otherworldly, but he was efficient, he was comfortable, and he didn't seem rattled. And when we talked to Zach Heilprint on Friday, talking about Reavers, and I, I just kind of asked Zach, like, what's Reavers' deal? Like, what, 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 what are you doing here? And Zach didn't say it. I don't know if, if the word just went over his head, and he got tongue-tied, or if Zach was trying to be nice. I will I will protect Zach in this instance, and I will be the one to say it. Nate gets rattled. Like, Nate Reavers gets rattled. If he takes a couple of looks and they don't go, or he gets surprised by a defensive look or something, like, I think he gets in his head a little bit. And he'll get pushed around. And Zach, I don't know for, for what reason he didn't use the term rattled last week. I'll say it. He gets rattled. And he wasn't rattled yesterday. I thought he played pretty well. And I thought Potter played really well, too. He had 10 and 10. He had a double-double. And he had three assists. And... If you watch a lot of NBA, you might be thinking, Grant, three assists is nothing. Why is that noteworthy? Kofi Coburn had five assists all season, and that showed up yesterday because Loyola Chicago just triple teamed Kofi Coburn anytime he had the ball, and you'd think it's just as simple as kick it out and find a shooter. It's not. And Micah Potter did pretty well yesterday in a tough matchup against a really good team. I respect for Micah Potter. TJ Wall, or Tyler Wall, excuse me, not TJ Wall. Tyler Wall showed some pretty decent moves yesterday. He had a back-down move and he went reverse. I was like, okay. And Liam Ford had a couple of good plays. Like, I have respect and appreciation for Reavers, Potter, and Ford yesterday, and Tyler Wall, too. The forwards were okay. The guards, on the other hand, stunk. They were bad, as Coach Wench said on the talk and text line. 608 And is that not, by the way, a, a perfect microcosm of the Badgers' season this year? Right, Friday, it's all about the guards. Guards killed it. Shot the, shot the hell out of the ball. And then Sunday, the forwards showed up, but the guards go completely in the tank. That was the way of the road for this 2020 Badgers basketball team. It's like trying to keep two dogs in a bathtub at once. You just you, They couldn't do it. As soon as they would correct one issue, another would appear. Like you're in a fishing boat and it's leaking. Okay, we get this hole plugged. Okay, well, there's another one. Well, let's fix that one. Oh, now there's a leak in the back. It's just one thing after another, and they could never get their arms around this thing. As soon as they'd get their rebounding figured out, everything else would go to hell. Or as soon as they would heat up from shooting around the arc, well, now they can't get rebounds. And now they can't play defense. That was uh, what happened against Iowa in the Big Ten tournament. They played pretty well against Iowa in the Big Ten tournament. And they shot the ball well. Problem is, everything else went into the tank. 608 Quick, we got time for one call before we go to break. Let's go to the talk and text line. Who do I got here? Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. This is Tom. Tom. And uh, I'm just calling to comment on um, March Madness. And it, this is thrilling to watch these underdog teams come up and just kick some butt. Yeah. And frankly, Loyola is just really impressing me right now. You know, there's nothing that can defeat prayer, and they've got, a what, a 100-year-old <laughs> nun who is praying with them, yeah, and saying, "Fight a fighting Illini, um, we can beat them." You know, God help us, and darn if they if he didn't, you know. So, I am just thrilled about some of these upsets. It's just amazing to me. So. That's my, that's my big comment. This is a very exciting tournament, and uh, I'm thrilled about it.
0: I, I am as well, How about Thomas. about you? I, I, I appreciate the call. I am as well. I have a couple things to say to you. Number one, you have a tremendous speaking voice. You should host this show and not me. Uh, number two, I love that you brought up Loyola Chicago and some of these underdog teams because they're not just like winning on buzzer beaters. Like, they're dominating teams, and Loyola Chicago got a tough draw. They had to play Georgia Tech, who was white hot, and they handled them. And then they have to play Illinois, who's one of the better teams in the country. And they didn't beat Illinois on some controversial call with a half court buzzer beater shot. Like, no, they handled Illinois. They handled Illinois. They held Illinois to 58 points. That team can play defense. They're really well coached. They were really smart to blitz Kofi Coburn because the man can't pass. You think any center can, you know, have the presence of mind to find a shooter when he's being triple teamed? Not the case. No, I, I'm with you, Thomas. And once again, I'm. Still not over your voice. And about the power of prayer, I don't disagree with you. And I think it's really funny that the schedule makers decided to schedule a number one seed like Illinois on a Sunday against a hundred year old nun. Like I think they were really tempting fate. I think they I think they left Illinois out to dry a little bit. They're like, hey, play this really good team. They're led by a hundred year old nun, and it's Sunday morning. Godspeed. <laughs> and then they fell, which is I love this tournament too. I appreciate your call, Thomas. Call back anytime. 608 796 2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. The talk and text line is ablaze 608 796 2558. This texter uh, gives me a little help and also calls me out. Uh, and I don't have your name. So if you'd like to send in a name or a, a fake name, up to you. It says, Grant, the Badgers didn't offer Jordan Bohannon. And by the way, the tweet was from Zach Heilprin. Yes, it was Zach. I don't know why I ever doubted Zach. He did tweet that yesterday. He is an astute observer. And I don't know why I didn't immediately think of him. I look, I. I The backstory with Jordan Bohannon, I don't really know. I don't pretend to know. I don't care. Here's my point. It's not whether or not Bohannon spurred the Badgers, chose to go somewhere else. He ended up at Iowa. My point is, I don't really like going on social media and seeing people talking about Jordan Bohannon or Jalen Johnson or Tyler Hero or all these players that may or may not have come to the Badgers for whatever reason and looking to disparage them. Like oh they were never good enough to come here anyways or well they're a terrible person or they deserve to you know break their leg and never play again like I I hate seeing that we don't we don't need that so whether or not Jordan Bohannon was offered or what the, what the story is with him that's secondary but I appreciate the the fact checks because you got to keep me on my I don't want to be talking loose and Nick uh, thank you for that text Nick uh, Julie says a couple random observations from March Madness well let's hear them Julie. Crow- <laughs> Strutwig runs on his toes. <laughs> you sure don't see a lot of big men that are that light on their feet. That's a ten out of ten observation. Who knew Colorado was so good? They definitely grabbed their opportunity to show all of the show all of us. Hashtag no hockey on the Wisco Sports Show. Not anti hockey. I just I just don't watch it. I only have so much time to watch so many different things. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Colorado Buffs fan though. They are my Pac-12 team. They're a Pac-12 team, right? Am I really embarrassed? Now I got to look it up. Colorado Conference. I swear they're in the Pac-12, right? I just watched her once, so I'm a fan. Another text. Joe says, other teams don't pray? Jesus really cares about early-round NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> if, the guy, if the guy hosted a show, I'd never listen. Yeah, good take. I'm assuming you're talking about Gottlieb. I like the way Doug Gottlieb does a show. I like how he does these long-form conversations and he really fleshes things out. And, and like, I like listening to him. However, he just goes out of his way to be a turd. Like, I remember when Andrew Luck retired and Gottlieb was like, that's the most millennial thing ever. It's like, do you what, Do you just want to tick people off? Because, like, at least Skip Bayless does it over stupid stuff. Like, Skip Bayless, he's just a troll. Gottlieb is some combination of a troll and just someone who I think actually might be a jerk. I don't know. But he's really good at college basketball analysis, and he's pretty good at talking about sports. I just wish he would do that without trying to be a jerk. Uh, a new texter, once again, if you want to send your name as well, I'll get you in here so we can recognize you. Uh, this says, seniors can come back next year because of the pandemic. One, who do you think the Badgers will take an additional year? And two, who do you want to come back next year? Look, I, I will welcome back with open arms any Badger that wants to come back. I'm fans of these guys. They play for my team. So if Reavers wants to come back, amen. Let's let's get better. Let's try to get, let's, you know, let's make improvements. Let's round out his game. Sure. I had a text earlier on in the show asking what the over under would be for players to return. And I will use my answer for that question to answer yours. Who do I think will come back? I don't know, but I would set the over under at 0.5 because I, I don't, it's either nobody or maybe one guy. I have a hard time seeing multiple players coming back and doing it again. I think Reavers is ready to move on. I think Trice is probably ready to move on. I don't know about Brad Davison. Maybe Davison comes back just to stick it to everyone. That would be funny, and I would respect it because if Brad Davison came back, you know what the reaction would be from the entire country? It's like, how is this guy still playing? My God! And it would kind of be funny to play the heel, like it would be a little, a little element of professional wrestling. That would be, I would enjoy that. That would be really fun. Steve Malay says, "101 years old. She's amazing. Yes, she is. Sister Jean is something else. I don't know what the selection committee was doing. I think they really, really tempted fate when they scheduled the number one seed." against a 101-year-old nun on a Sunday morning. I think they they were kind of leading, to use a biblical term, uh, they really put Illinois in the role of Isaac when Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice him. Uh, and then it was, a, it was a big test. I think they kind of put Illinois in that position. They're like, here, it's Sunday morning. Here, go play the really, really good team that has a lower seed for whatever reason. Not important. Also, their their leader is a 100-year-old nun. They had chapel this morning. Godspeed. And... They got their butt kicked by Loyola Chicago. And, hey, I, I did bring this up a couple weeks ago, and I, I want to I remind you of this before we take a break because it's very often when I'm right, especially about or it's very uh, uncommon when I'm right about college basketball. I like to think I do okay with NBA and NFL predictions. And, I, hey, I've been pretty right on the Brewers in the last year or two. But I'm pretty hopeless when it comes to predicting college basketball. But one thing I got right, this is about a week and a half ago, I said, Focus on the teams who know how to play defense. Now, in the Big Ten, everybody lost, so it it didn't really matter. But I said, hey, focus on Illinois. Focus on who's the other team? Who's the other team who can play defense? Michigan, but they lost their best player to injury, so that's tough. I said, hey, Iowa is a a trap. They can't defend, and they still can't defend. Ohio State couldn't defend, or uh, uh, Purdue couldn't defend. All those teams have lost. Loyola Chicago, number one team in defensive efficiency this year. And more often than not, that team ends up in the Final Four, and I, I shared that with you last week, and it turned out to be right. By the way, I totally lifted that stat from totally lifted that stat from Ryan Horvat, who does some some betting stuff. You should follow him on Twitter. He's really sharp. Uh, he just bet QL Daily, a couple other shows like that. Before we go to break, Justin tweets in, so right about how good the 13-14 and 14-15 Badgers were. he would be the best we will ever see as Badger fans. Yeah, that crossed my mind in the moment. Looking back now, I'm just so impressed that that team... Avoided getting upset and avoided, you know, stepping on a mine as they navigated round one, round two, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. They they just took care of business, and it's not really a take care of business sport. It's a cross your fingers and hope kind of sport. And for two years, the Badgers really they took care of business. You could kind of pick chalk with the Badgers because they took care of it. Stick a break. Talk to our friend Ebo from the Zone in Madison. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Hope your week is off to a great start. My name is Grant Bills. I'm having an excellent show today, even though we're kind of putting the Badgers to rest. Typically, I'm very upset on days like today, but I, I feel at peace for whatever reason. If you'd like to join the show, send me a text, 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Grant as well. Our friend Ebo on the horn, on the talk and text line, morning show host in Madison on The Zone. Ebo, do you feel the same way today? I don't feel depressed and angry. I just kind of feel content with the Badgers season being over, which is odd for me. I'm not content with anything.
4: Grant, it's like one of those movies where you know you're really excited for it. Go to the, In the before time, we would go to the theaters.
1: Mm-hmm. You
4: go to the theater and you have your popcorn and you have your soda and you'd be sitting there and you're wondering, okay, it started out decently. And then all of a sudden it hits that little lull in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then it never quite picks up again. And you, you start to yourself, you're like, hmm, I thought this movie would be more entertaining. Hmm, that would be a little more entertaining. Then you start looking at your phone. And then you start looking at your clock. And then you're like, huh, it's kind of going on for a while. It's dragging. And then all of a sudden at the end there's this flurry action. And then it ends and it's disappointing. I equate that to the movie The Joker. I always thought the movie The Joker is very slow, monotonous, and boring. Never really got the hype. There's a lot of action at the end. And then it's over. It was kind
0: of like the Wisconsin well, Badger season. I am glad
4: it's over. I'm at peace.
0: <laughs> I, I'm at peace, too. I, I feel the same way about concerts. Like, even the best concert I've ever been to. And maybe you can attest this to Ebo. Like, my favorite band, favorite artist, great show. By the end, I'm still like, hey, this is awesome. But, like, uh, at some point, like, I want to get out of here. Like, I'm tired of standing up. And, like, I... Like, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Even though the show is awesome, I'm ready to move on. I, it's kind of oh. the same thing. That's a good analogy.
4: My God, Grant, I saw the Foo Fighters at uh, at Summerfest in the before time when mm-hmm. that was a thing. And it was literally Dave Grohl came out, and this was awesome. He's like, we're going to rock until we can't rock anymore, no encore. And I was like, yes, awesome. And then Grant Bills, after two and a half hours, I'm looking around, and my legs are and I'm looking around, I'm like, is this, this going to be over soon? Yeah, And then... And then two hours later they sit on stage for four and a half hours, Grant. <laughs> By then I'm like, please, for the love of God, let it be over, even though it rocks. And yeah. that's you know, kinda like I feel. There's times where it was awesome, and then times where you're just like in the lull, and then you're just kinda glad right now that you're finally are moving on.
0: That's how I feel about every concert. Like it's great, but when it's done, I'm I'm ready to be done. Like I wanna go be in the peace and quiet and I wanna I wanna sit down. Ebo
4: Grant, I saw Lil Wayne. I saw Lil sorry, I saw Lil Wayne, he played he was for forty five minutes. I wanted more. The only time I've ever wanted more,
0: we'll win. It's tough to play a concert and leave people wanting more because typically concerts drag on way too long. I, maybe this Badger season was the perfect length because we didn't have as many games. There wasn't as much filler. We, we kind of got to the tournament what felt like a little bit faster. And, Ebo, I wish we could have reacted to these games individually, right? I wish I could have done a show on Saturday about the North Carolina game, kind of debrief, you know, take a temperature of the room, and then watch the Baylor game and do a different show. It, like, these are kind of hard to break down together. These are two very different games.
4: Yeah, I agreed completely. That we had to break it down this morning, you know, for the four hours that we're on just crushing skulls. Mm-hmm. And it was right, uh, let's start here, then let's start here and then it all kind of bled in together, right? Because Friday night's game was like that's the one you don't want to forget. That's the flurry of action. That's where yeah. you're like, Oh my god, I could live in this moment forever. And then reality sits in that moments are fleeting and you go on to the next game and it's a moment that you no longer want to live in because Baylor is just whooping ass because they're just a better team and it hurts a little bit.
0: Baylor's really good.
4: Like, that hit me yeah, a little bit
0: harder than I think it expected yesterday. It's like, wait. But
4: Grant, you're an NBA guy. You're an NBA guy. Yeah. Was that not NBA-esque? I know they're not going to have – I mean, they're a solid team and everything, but was that not like a – it kind of at times felt like an NBA All-Star game with the guys just, like, doing all the alley-oops and just yeah. like, will wheel just throwing down
1: dunks?
0: They were just They were really showing good. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was all about them. They needed the attention. That's exactly what – that's the <laughs> the NBA vibe I was getting. It felt like a second-round NBA playoff series where like you want the one team to hang tough and win some games, but the other team is so much better, and you you just kind of know how it's going to play out. But Evo I had hope, because two years ago, they did this against Nova, right? And Bronson Koenig yeah. was the man, because he was yeah. the man, and, and I was holding out hope for that reason, because we've seen the Badgers do it before. Well, see, Grant, here's the problem with that. It's
4: Unfortunately, on this team, there was no one that was the man. Oh. You know, it was like, at times there was, like, Dimitri tries falling out, you know, you had at times Michael Potter getting it, um, you know, going against Luka Garza, even though they'd lose to Iowa. Like, no one was ever, I know Brad Davidson was the man against North Carolina, yeah. but there was no one all season that you could really go to to be the man. If you will. No offense to women out there. To the man,
0: if you will. Well, I mean, we're talking about men's basketball. I don't think that's. I, don't I just want to cover
4: my bases, Grant. I just got to cover my bases. That's
0: all. No, that's good. You want to. Co- exactly. You're covering your bases. Uh, with Ebo from the zone in Madison here on the Wisco Sports Show. You know what? I was super amped for Brad Davison on Friday night. And I think the fancy expression would be that Davison has been much maligned. Over the course of his badgers career. I Word know isn't that of the nice? Day. Yeah. Word of the it, day. it was cool as a Wisconsin fan. Like, I, I get it. If I was a fan of another team, like I probably wouldn't like Brad Davidson, but he plays for my team. And and I appreciate his heart. I appreciate him as a player, and I'm glad he's on my team. And it was awesome on Friday night to kind of see him give a middle finger to everybody. It's like, oh, you guys want to shuffle me out the door? You can't wait till I graduate. Here, I'm gonna take Roy Williams down on my way out, and I'm gonna flip you all the bird on my way out of my senior year. And I, I respect that. I love seeing that from Davison on Friday.
4: Grant, I have some, maybe some good news for you. I mean, if, if nothing's confirmed or official. <laughs> but but the of the six seniors, I don't, you know, like Reavers and Potter and Trice, those guys aren't coming back. Uh, did I say a Ford? I don't think he's coming back. But there was rumor that Trevor Anderson was thinking about it and Brad Davison. So you could give him another year. But, yeah, his game on Friday night was was – was, that was his game. It was everything he wanted from Brad Davison, and it was awesome to see him go out like that, of having a special moment in March Madness when they were robbed of it the year before. It was just, it was for Brad Davison as a very polarizing player. Some there you go. Some fans may find him shallow and pedantic, but we <laughs> absolutely loved him. So yeah. it was nice to see that performance from him. No, and, and I, yes, I, I, I was love, happy for I him. love giving the middle finger to people that are haters. That's my favorite thing to do.
0: Well, and if he came back for one more year, wouldn't... Wouldn't him coming back for another year kind of be a middle finger in and of itself? Like, oh, college basketball hates me. They want to drag me on the broadcast. Well, guess what? I'm coming back and playing another year, and you're going to have to deal with me then, too. Like, I would respect that, just a move out of spite.
4: Grant, nothing makes my heart smile more than to make ESPN cringe. It is like my life's (laughs) yeah. So the fact that they go on there, like you said, and drag Brad Davidson and have this just insane— just bias against him for literally no reason for a guy taking charges. That's where it all started from. For a guy who took charges, which last time I checked, is part of the game of basketball. So yes, for him to come back and, and make the you know the four letter network and the people squirm, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I would respect it just to just to make course, people there's mad. No
4: other, there's like no juniors. There's it's going to be like the youngest team ever if none no of these seniors come back on us and I'll come back. But I wouldn't mind a Brad Davis, and why not? It's a heart and soul. The next most experienced guy would be Tyler Wall, and then Jonathan Davis, which is a—he's a monster. He's a piece, but that's the two senior. That's the most you know experienced guys in the
0: roster if they all leave. Well, my next question, Ebo, I like—can you get excited for the Badgers next year? Like when I say a Jonathan Davis-led team, like does that do anything for you? Grant, it doesn't matter who it is, like with the name on the back of the jersey.
4: It's always about the front of the jersey. Uh, Wisconsin basketball—if you. I just want to coach speak on you. If you go back to like the, the dull drums or the slowest like the slowest swing offense you could get like Dick Bennett winning a game in the 50s, I eat sleep and breathe Wisconsin basketball no matter how slow it is, sure. no matter how much people rag on the swing offense. Like that's my that's my
0: team, that's my brand of basketball. I'm for it, dude. I'm glad to hear that. I like I'm very excited to see what they do with Jonathan Davis. I think it will yeah. be a fun team and I think he has what it takes. It's been written, it's been said, and and Zach brought it up last time I had him on. Some people think that he has what it takes to be the best player in the Big Ten. And if his career goes correctly, right, if he stays healthy and he doesn't, like, maybe do what Sam Decker did, whereas, like, the team goes, gets hot, and he leaves maybe a year before he he was really scheduled to and, and jumps to take advantage of it. I think if his career goes like a normal Wisconsin basketball player would typically go... I think he has the stuff to be the best player in the Big Ten. He was the best player in the state of Wisconsin. He's Mr. Basketball, so I, I think he's got all the tools. It, it really excites me, but I'm from lacrosse. I'm a Jonathan Davis yes, guy. Was, we get be. it,
4: Grant. You're from lacrosse. He was in lacrosse. We <sighs> get it. Yes, I'll get hey, you a jersey. Hey,
0: hey next time – please do. Next time you have an elite <laughs> player that is from your neck of the woods playing for your favorite college basketball team, I would expect you to be obnoxious about it. That's part of hosting a radio <laughs> show. Is it not <laughs>
4: – no, it totally is. So I'll buy you a jersey. Okay, that'll be like your – I mean, what's the next holiday? That'll be Easter gift. there. I'll buy you an Easter gift. It'll be, you know, the second coming of the, the lacrosse sun, and it will be, you know, be giving you Jonathan Davis services. But, no, yes, he is going to be something special. You can already see it. I mean, you already see it in flashes. Yeah. He has this extra gear This that's just like, whoa, I don't I don't really ever see that with Wisconsin basketball. Whoa, like it's, the, it's that whoa factor, and he has it.
0: Uh, Ebo, I got to tell you, we got a text from a listener, uh, Schmidt, who texts in from time to time. He says, tell, tell Ebo I respect the Family Guy reference with shallow and pedantic. Is that is that from oh Family God. Guy?
4: Thank you, Schmidt. I Thank you, Schmidt. Yes, Brian actually has been writing my scripts lately.
0: So... <laughs> Didn't sneak by Schmidt. Schmidt, I know Schmidt. He's addicted to Family Guy. So I, I want to ask you one last thing. As much as I'm a Wisconsin guy – I am a big 10 guy like Illinois was going to be my team. I expected the Badgers at some point to get bounced early. So I'm like, okay, Illinois will be my backup team. Well, they got bounced as well. Two questions. Uh, number one, is that bad? Like, is that, is there some sort of rule of which big 10 teams we can and can't cheer for? And where does Illinois fall? And also why is the big 10 doing so poorly? Do you have any theories? Well, the, well, the big 10 definitely is doing poorly. I don't think there's a real answer. Why? Um,
4: All of a sudden, the PEC 12 is like balling out of nowhere. There doesn't need to be
0: an answer, by the way. There doesn't need to be a reason. I just figured maybe you came up with some theory.
4: I think what it is is that guy or that girl or whoever that's like pounding their chest and like, I am so great. I am so great. And then it comes down to them to be great and they fall flat on their face. Like, that's the Big Ten's been pretty disappointing. Um, And when it comes to cheering for other teams, I mean, DeSumo is a fun player. Like, Coburn. Mm -hmm. There's so many jokes you can make with his name to say Cockburn. Like, it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. So, like, Illinois, I've tried to be, like, a Blackhawks fan because there's no hockey team here in Wisconsin. Can't do it. Despise the Chicago Cubs with all of my being. Uh, The Chicago Bears are hilarious. It's my favorite comedy on on, on network TV.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And
4: uh, I actually don't mind the White Sox just because it, like, I, I I, I don't know. I just do, I guess. I can't explain it. But, Grant, there's nothing wrong with rooting for a team. Um, I'm kind of rooting for Michigan, but maybe that's because I got them going to the championship game
3: yeah. But
4: in my bracket. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's Big Ten basketball, man. I just love Big Ten basketball in general. I can, I'll go whoever else is in it, you know. I was rooting for Abilene Christian. They're getting their asses kicked in from 48 to 27. Like, I can't root for them anymore. Just whatever. Just Cinderella stories are always fun. Cool. Question for you. Yeah. Sorry. Sister Jean fan, yay or nay?
0: <sighs> I, okay. Okay. First of Thank all, you. Yes, that's an name. I agree. Well, I don't hate her. What I what I don't like and it was the same thing a couple of years ago and I've heard other people make this point. So I'm not pretending to be original. What I don't like is the coach is awesome. He beat Brad Underwood's ass in that game yesterday and out-coached <sighs> him thoroughly. And then the players played amazing. Like and what do we talk about? We talk about Sister Jean. And it's it's great. That's such a fun story, but I think if this was any other team we would be focusing more on the players, and that's not the case with Loyola Chicago. So Grant, that's that's Grant. the one thing. The, what's his, What's the old What's the guy's name on Loyola? Crumholt? Or I know. Okay. Yeah, the the guy who looks he, like Paul Blart. I know who you're talking about.
4: His look is incredible. Like that's March Madness, baby. Just like it looks like a you know male pattern baldness. This little weird stash. This like. You know, crap-eating grin, and you're mm-hmm. like, I this guy, yes. Like, I'm not. I don't have to look at some pretty boy. I don't gotta look at you know this or that. I'm looking at a guy that just like, I feel like that guy. Like, I could be him. You know, just like <laughs> that's your average American, just getting out there, getting it done. Just balding, just goofy-looking, the mustache. I get behind that. Instead, I gotta look at a 100 or old you know, Sister Jean, give me the give me the crow, Magnum, caveman guy. I want him.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree See, with you. you by won't. the way, Cameron Crutwig. That name yeah, combined with the look, I think he might be from Wisconsin Rapids.
4: Yeah, I mean, yes. I could go, if bars were open here in Madison, I'd go in there, he'd be having like a bush light at the end of the bar, and i am like, I would love to buy you another one, sir. <laughs> yes.
0: That's the like thing him. about Sister Jean, to answer your question. Yeah, I just, instead i, I got
4: to look at a 101-year-old that scored as many points as I have in the NCAA tournament. Like, give me the, give me the caveman guy.
0: I think the selection committee did Illinois a disservice scheduling them against a 101 year old nun on a Sunday morning. I think they tempted yeah. fate a little bit there. I
4: mean, They're doomed from the start.
0: Yeah, I would. I would. What did tend you say to say no agree. to the
4: Holy Ghost? What do you say no <laughs> to? The Holy Ghost? Like,
0: what? What did you say no to
4: Jesus? No. Yeah. Of course they're winning.
0: I had a I had a caller earlier on this hour, it, great speaking voice which blew me away, and he said, "You know what? Don't underestimate the power of prayer." And I said, "My God, how did I not?" dedicate 10 minutes to this today. We should have done the religion thing because there are a couple of stories right now between COVID and then what's going on with Deshaun Watson, like touchy issues that I don't really want to wait into. What about the power of prayer? Could have spent eight minutes on that today.
4: Grant, you could have played some angels, like, you know, talking the back or singing in the background. It would have been beautiful. <laughs> you know, our Grant Bills, who are from lacrosse, hell it be thy name. Yeah. Mike is on. No dead air is done.
0: Now let us have a beer that was, great. that was that was great I, i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> let you wrap up the interview on that very very high note Ebo. i appreciate your insight okay. and your uh your unwavering love for badgers college basketball i love it and i love making it a part of this show well grant thanks for
4: having me i appreciate your time and can't wait for bucky basketball this year now we're falling
0: on track baby gold pack go, Pat, go. <laughs> thanks Ebo. talk to you soon see you bud. oh he's quoting family guy getting called out by texters uh, Herman says, "Tell Ebo he sounds like Dickie V. He needs to he needs to age a little bit, but I bet Ebo could do a pretty darn good Dickie V impression. I agree, he does have a similar voice." Steve says, "It's spelled Cockburn, so so it should be pronounced. Yeah, I, it's it's spelled Cockburn. It said Coburn. I think there's a joke in there. Sorry, Steve, that I I'm struggling to pick it out on air. That's my bad. It makes for bad radio." Final segment. <laughs> Wisco Sports Show. Your final thoughts: six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Let's wrap this up. Coming up next.